Welcome to this week's Smallscast podcast. This podcast is designed for small government contractors, service providers, and manufacturers as part of the government contractor ecosystem, connecting people, organizations, and resources. I'm your host, Just Nate, and today on the phone, we've got our CEO, Mr. Dennis Cater. Welcome, Dennis. Hey, good afternoon, Nate. Yes, good afternoon to yourself, sir. And uh, along with us today, I'm kind of excited, we've kind of... uh, been toying around with this uh, for the past few months here, but we've got Mr. Reggie Shelby, the Director of Small Business Programs for Peterson, on the on the line with us. So welcome, Reggie. Hey, Nate. Uh, good afternoon. Thanks for having me today. No, uh, the pleasure is all ours. I know that you guys are extremely busy with everything going on, and uh, I'm sure we'll be getting into that in today's episode here. Um, but kind of tell us what over overarching what your job or what, what a Director of Small Business Programs is so people... Uh, that are listening to this podcast understands what it is. Yeah. So um, my job at Peterson, uh, specifically for Peterson, is to advocate uh, for contract opportunities for small businesses at the prime and at the subcontracting level. So what that means is that I'm reviewing acquisitions on a scale of about 150 to 200 acquisitions a year to determine which of these acquisitions can be set aside for prime contract to small businesses, not just small businesses, but all the subcategories of small businesses too, specifically the, the woman-owned small business, small disadvantaged business, service-disabled veteran-owned small business, and a hub-owned small business. So I'll look at the acquisitions, uh, all of the market research information, determine which of those categories we can set these requirements aside for and in instances where we can do the small business set aside we we do that in those instances where we're not able to do a a small business set aside then i'm looking at all the information to determine how much of the work uh, we're going to require the prime contractor be it large or small whoever wins that contract to sub out to um, those different categories of small businesses so that's kind of that's kind of it in a nutshell on the acquisition side, on the uh, specific uh, operational acquisition side. I also do outreach, uh, meet with small businesses to assess their capabilities. I speak at uh, various events around around the community regarding the business opportunities at Peterson, and I teach and train the acquisition professionals at Peterson, uh, the program managers, and also the contracting professionals. Well, you're uh, you sound as, almost as busy as uh, both Dennis and I, probably more so. But so let me let me tag it real quick. So 
you mentioned small business a lot. How do you guys define small business from a Peterson perspective? Um, are you defining small business in general terms? Or are you defining small business per NAIX code where a company could play small business, say, in NAIX code 541715 and with the exception less than 1,500 people and still be able to play small business? Right. That's a great question. So every acquisition stands on its own. The requirement, the scope of work, the statement of objective, whatever it is that you're buying, um, drive a description that we utilize a NAICS code. So every acquisition is assigned a NAICS code. Uh, that's a that's a North American Industrial Classification System code, and it's based on the description of the requirement. And what happens once we find that code that represents that requirement, we go into the SBA um, system and identify a standard that's associated with that code and that standard becomes the standard, uh, the maximum size based on employees or revenue that a company can be in order to qualify for a uh, small business contract. I'll give you an example to help people understand better. So if we're, if we're acquiring, um, let's just take a simple one. The, the landscape work for the base, that's about, at least last time I looked, a $7 million NAICS code. Um, has a, has a, uh, a, a, a six-digit number, and, the, and the, the revenue standard is $7 million. So anyone who wants to bid on the, that requirement has to be under $7 million in their total revenue, and I think it's for the last three fiscal years now. And that's in the process of changing to the last five years. Whereas if we're buying, say, engineering services, which is, a 54, 1330 NAICS code, that size standard can be as much as 35 million. And uh, that's related to what we're buying. And when we're buying products, which are commodities, the standard switches over to an employee-based standard and that can be as high as 1,500 people. So you're, you're talking 1,500 people and you can still qualify as a small business as long as the, what we're buying um is is carries a standard of the 1500 okay. hope that makes sense to you. no i i think that helps people understand especially if you if you know what you know you, thank you for explaining what naix is north american industrial classification code a lot of people don't you know if you're if you're not a business development director guy or a business development person in government um typically you don't know what all these these acronyms mean but one of the things that i think um I've taken a few notes here. I'd like to just quickly hit upon where it gets confusing, even to myself. And I, th I know Dennis and I have had this conversation before, but um, I think it's still a little confusing to me when something comes out as full and open, which means that pretty much anybody can compete on large or small, but still has a NAIX code attached to it with a dollar figure. For example, like you gave 541330, which is engineering, and less than 35 million in revenue. But if it comes out full and open, it doesn't matter what your revenue stream is. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Um, there's one caveat to that. So if you see, and on the front of our RFP, you're always going to see that block mark with the NAICS code and the size standard. And uh, when it comes out full and open, for any of that work that is subcontracted out, those small businesses 
uh, or those businesses that that prime contractor are counting as small must be small relative to that code that's on the front of that RFP. Okay, so not only do you yourself have to have the NAICS code in in uh, the database, so for example, if I if I want to go after five four one three three zero. I better have that NAICS code in the government database to say that my company already does that. But you're saying as, as I bring on subs for a contract, they would be subject to the, the stand, not only the NAICS code, but the 35 million less than revenue. Exactly. In order to qualify, in order to qualify as a small, um, relative to that work that, is being subcontracted out. And I say relative to that work that's being subcontracted out because it's possible that there could be a, um, a mix of work in an RFP that, and if you cut a piece out and that piece by itself maybe uh, is more representative of another NAICS code, then that small business would have to be small under that code that prime contractor assigns to that subcontract. They in turn give to a small business. Okay, that that helps a lot. Dennis, do you have any uh, questions under that, or you know, you're being kind of quiet over there? Well, I want, yeah, I kind of wanted to go back to um, you know his original comments there about what he does, and so what I got out of that was, are you are you the single voice, or you're part of a board that determines what contracts go small businesses and what don't? And then the second part is. Um, you know, when things come out on an RFI and um, they ask if, you know, it could go small business, there's a certain number of small businesses that have to respond and then it, it may go small business. Um, so those are the two questions I kind of had for you. Yeah, so I'll start with the first one. And um, I think the question was, am I part of a panel or am I a single voice or how does this, how, I think specifically, how does this, decision get made on what yes. set, set aside is accomplished, what type of set aside, and what is that process? And I, I like to start on the front end because every decision, not just the small business office makes, but the acquisition team, which is um, contracting, program management, the technical team, finance, legal, small business, every decision they make is derived from market research. And that's why it's so important when I talk to small businesses that they understand um, the re- what we're looking for when we, when we, when we ask for information, when we, when we do source of thought, when we do requests for information, RFI. And I, I, one of the things I always put stop is they look at what we're asking for and respond based not just on what capabilities you bring, but any partners you may bring as well, because we're looking for a solution to our problem. And, 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 and where this helps me is if you go ahead and start, if, if you look at a requirement and there's say eight different areas and you know, you can perform four of those because you have past performance to prove it. Um, dig a little deeper and, 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 and uh, let us know that, Hey, you have, some partners or some, um, you know, some teammates that you can use that account to accomplish the other pieces of work. Because in the end, 
our, our rule set is it's pretty simple. If we can find two or more small businesses in any of those categories that are capable, capable to do the work, that will lead us to a set aside decision. Um, so, kind of all starts with the market research. Uh, I participate somewhat in that, so I'll help write questions. I'll help build um, kind of matrices so we can see exactly um, what industry has capability wise. But in the end, um, the package comes to my office. I look at it, I look at the recommendation, and if it's a small business set aside, um, case is pretty much closed, right? So I send it back and say, let's, let's go with it. If for some reason, um, the acquisition team decides that, hey, there's just not enough capability there, then that's when we start, my office starts to peel it back and say, well, why? What was the criteria used to determine capability? How much can they do percentage-wise? Where, you know, has it ever been done by small before? Just ask a uh, ton of questions like that and then um, may or may not have them go back and do more sources of salts, more RFIs. But uh, in the end, if I'm comfortable that the decisions for full and open is something I agree with, I am not the final decision maker. The next step, it has to go to the SBA. So there, there's a procurement center representative uh, for our local area. His name is Mr. Jim Swartz. And so he uh, gets to take another look at it and make his comments because everything is about advocacy for small business. And if he agrees, uh, then there's, you know, then the, the acquisition is on its way. If they disagree, um, and usually there's questions that come up when we send um other than small business set-asides over there. And uh, we have to answer those questions. If uh, we can't reach an agreement, then uh, they have a right to appeal. And then, long story short, it goes to the Secretary of the Air Force, and they work it out at the SBA level. So there's a process in place to ensure there's small business, small business advocacy uh, at every level um, from the operational field level, which is where I am, uh, headquarters USSF, which is Paul Aldridge now, and you guys have spoken with him. And then um, then it, it's pretty much at the Pentagon next. Uh, at, uh, Pentagon, Secretary of the Air Force, working with the um, administrator of the SBA. I know it's a lot, but does that help, does that help you with that question? I mean, uh, yeah, no, that, that was, that was very thorough. And yes, that, that answered the question very well. I appreciate that. I, I didn't really know how that all worked. And I think most people probably don't know, uh, especially small businesses. So I, I appreciate that. You're welcome. Okay. So Reggie, before we kind of hit the record button on this episode, you made comment or mention of, uh, things are changing, right. For, uh, uh all around the nation, um, especially in Colorado uh, on our bases, Peterson, Schriever, all the above. Let's, uh, it, let me pull at that string a little bit, see how much information you know or how much we can get out of you that, you, that you're allowed to say right now. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, for people that may be new to Space Force, what used to be Air Force Space Command, which was Air Force Space Command was one of nine or ten major commands. And back in October... 
of 19, the president signed the, uh, I guess it was an order to establish United States Space Force. And then during the last couple of weeks, um, we've reorganized at um, Peterson Air Force Base. And we have um, reorganized, I would, I, I would like to say along mission lines, and I can share a little bit about what those mission lines are. So we are a new branch of the military. It's the United States Space Force. We are still a part of the Air Force, and we've re- reorganized. For those who didn't know, um, who don't know what our bases are um, currently, I always like to explain it like this. Think of um, five locations, and um, we have a buying activity in L.A. That's the activity that does our a big purchasing for us, satellites, radars, stuff like that. And they launch, and then they turn those systems over to Vandenberg in California and or Patrick Air Force Base in Florida, and they launch. And once our, 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 um, our satellites are in orbit, and then they're transferred to either Buckley or Schriever, um, Peterson has, of course, radars and telescopes primarily. And so that's how it used to be. Uh, before the 24th of July when all of these new Galtas stood up. So when you think of Space Force now, um, think of, when you think of mission areas, it, it would be equivalent maybe to in the commercial sector, organizing along functional lines. Okay, what does that business do functionally? So we set up Star Deltas, and there are nine Star Deltas. I mean, I'm sorry, deltas. Uh, one's a star delta, and the rest are space deltas. And eventually, these charts will be available online, and you can go look at it. But basically, what happened was the United States Space Force consists of three field organizations, and those field organizations are as follows: SPOC, which is Space Operations Command, Space Systems Command, which is uh, the buying activity in California. And then Star Delta. Star Delta is our um, space training and readiness um, command. And they would do the training, the doctoring, those kind of things. And then there's um, nine, eight, eight or nine other deltas. Let's see if I can read through them for you. Space Delta Two, which is space domain awareness. That's the ISR, that's space observation, environmental monitoring. Uh, space battle management, um, those kind of things. Space Delta Three is space electronic warfare. Um, space Delta Four is missile warning. Space Delta Five is command and control. Space Delta Six is cyberspace operations. Space Delta Seven is intelligence, surveillance, and reconnaissance. Space Delta Eight is satellite communication and navigational warfare. And then Space Delta Nine is orbital warfare. So if you're one of those vendors out there and these are your core functional areas, these are your new customers. And I would say probably the best piece of advice I would give you is know what these deltas are and know who the customers that need your support relative to these deltas are because we did move some missions from Peterson to Buckley. And, uh, not just renaming what we did, but there's some mission transfers 
that happened during this reorganization. There'll be more out there. I would advise people to go just Google Space Force and they'll take them to the website and you'll see some charts up there relative to the reorganization that's going on. Hope that helps you. Wow. Okay. So there's a lot there. Um, and we're going to unpack that in just a minute. We're going to take a quick break uh, to hear from our sponsor. Puebloplex is located east of the Pueblo Airport Industrial Park. As a designated state authority, Puebloplex is responsible for implementing the reuse of the Pueblo Chemical Depot's 3 million square feet of buildings and over 23,000 acres of land. Implementations of the redevelopment plan include seeking companies to continue to generate economic development within southeastern Colorado. Puebloplex currently has tenants conducting manufacturing, warehousing, and distribution operations, and rail car storage and maintenance, in addition to serving numerous business and personal storage tenants. For a detailed look and updated information, visit Puebloplex.com. Welcome back to this week's Small Scas podcast. Uh, this week, we have Mr. Dennis Cater, our CEO, on the line, and our our main guest is Mr. Reggie Shelby, the Director of Small Business Programs for Peterson. So welcome back, both of you guys. Um, before we went to break, we were, I mean, Reggie, you, you walked us through all the new deltas um, and the move from U.S. Um, U.S. Air Force to U.S. Space Force. The, what deltas go along with that. We were kind of talking that they've already moved some information or customers from Colorado Springs, Peterson up to Buckley. And uh, that's kind of where we left it off. So let's uh, tag back up there. Um, Dennis, what kind of questions do you have for Reggie ar around the new Space Force and how that uh, applies with um, the, the small business areas? I was curious as to uh, the, the contract vehicle. So, as we switched over to Space Force, I know some of the contract vehicles I've seen kind of stay the same. Are there going to be new contract vehicles coming out, obviously? Um, and then some of the current the current ones, I imagine, are going to get grandfathered. Um, and then uh, I'm thinking Oasis, for instance, is going to kind of continue on, too. But is there anything new coming out with regard to how contracts are going to be falling out? I think, I think, there, I think there will be. Um, I don't have a specific acquisition in mind when I say that, but I can see that uh, those three field organizations I mentioned that were Star Delta, which is your, if you're familiar with Air Force, that that would be the Space Force equivalent to Air Education and Training Command. If you guys are familiar with that, with the, basically when a new recruit comes in the Air Force, uh, they start off at basic training, and then they go get all of their functional training. Some whether whether it's to be a pilot, or a communicator, or a security force person, or a fireman, or whatever. That all that training is done through Air Education Training Command. The Space Force's new training is going to be Star Delta. Now it's going to be more functionally oriented because we're going to probably lean on the Air Force heavily to do those that training that is uh, germane to both branches of the military, but I could see training contracts coming out relative to Star Delta. Right now, we use the National Security Space Institute. Uh, we use training activities in Vandenberg, and it's heavily contractor dependent, so I can see um, a training type contract. Uh, I don't think that would fit really inside Oasis, so I can see 
that being standalone, a standalone um, acquisition. And we even have one now with our uh, ASOPS contract, which is an advanced space operations school type training. I think they would like to also pursue um, more virtual training, more online training. Um, I think both you guys are bright engineer oriented, but where people could take the orbital mechanics through online and, 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 and not just have to attend and see. So I could see the training contracts kind of expanding out there. The OASIS, I sense that we'll continue to use OASIS for our advisory and assistance services contract. Um, but I also um, sense that they would like to evaluate um, the situation with uh, USS, U.S. Space Force and uh, U.S. Space Command, which a lot of people get confused. But at the same time, we're talking about all these Star Deltas. Uh, concurrent with that, there's U.S. Space Command that's being stood up in Colorado Springs. And my understanding, it has a like a six-year, you know, there's a six-year commitment there while they're going through the permanent spacing decision. So everything it takes to support um, the new things that are happening, I can see um, – you know, acquisition strategies being developed out of those those new kind of requirements. Um, so that's where that's where I think we are on on that. Yeah, I think this is going to be some interesting times coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, so you mentioned July twenty fourth is kind of when everything changed over if I'm if I'm not mistaken and and I remember I was actually on that phone call watching live as all of the change of commands and um, the stand-up of the new deltas and it's quite interesting um, I'm kind of waiting for some of that uh, stuff to be posted online so then I can actually get names and numbers I couldn't write quite fast enough to keep up with all the new commanders um, of every delta but uh, it's it's definitely a, an interesting time and exciting time to be involved with all of this in my opinion Yeah, same same here. And if you look at these deltas, and if you guys are familiar with the um, you know old Air Force wing structure, these deltas are equivalent to wing level organizations. So they've been created uh, and established in a way in which they could expand. If that makes sense, these are um, these 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 organiz- these units, if you will, have the capacity to grow as the mission grows. Well, I'm, I'm excited. Um, let's get back to your local um, role right now, Reggie. I know you and I have spoke extensively, um, not only um, around the smalls and, you, and, and the smalls trying to help you guys, you guys trying to help the smalls, um, but, you know, in my, in my personal role, um, as business development tool, too, we've talked. But um, so uh, do you guys see any changes? So for those of you guys that don't know that are listening in, if you go out to our website, thesmalls.org, um, we are, we the smalls are capturing the contracts documents that Reggie and his team put out on Peterson Air Force Base website um, for all the contracts that are going to be happening in the next year or so. And um, all the information that they that they publish, we bring that over in one location under the Smalls website as well. So, for those of you that won't, don't want to go out try to find out where it is on Peterson's site, you can come to the Smalls.org, and under a tab called Contracts, you can find 
um, Peterson, Schriever, and, and others under there. So uh, do you see any changes being made to that um, to explain which delta they'll be going under or anything like that, Reggie? I do. I do. So um, as the uh, reorganizations happen, um, the, the contract requirements that are associated with the, with the, uh, the reorganization may or may not shift. Um, they're in the process of identifying some options for that. But at, at this time, I'd just like to, to tell everybody, just stay, stay connected to us, and we will point you to the acquisition activity that will be inheriting the requirement if it was to be relocated. I, for example, we're working on base fence right now. That's, the, that's our most um, imminent contract because, and if you're not familiar with it, you can go out to Beta Sam and read a little bit about it, but uh, that's the new radar built by Lockheed Martin um, down there in the uh, Marshall Islands. Um, and uh, we're re- in the process of uh, having it turned over from there. I think they had a year to operate it to turn over to operations and maintenance. And that's a contract that the 21st contracting squadron I support is in the process of uh, soliciting. Whereas the parks radar is also one that we are currently responsible for. Um, that contract has two or three more years left on it. However, that mission was one of those missions that, that cut over to Buckley because you're talking about GBR ground-based radar. And that's one of those, uh, core areas that fit more evidently. I'm not the technical person fit with Buckley. So you may see that contract being resolicited from Buckley versus Peterson or even maybe the ESD, the, the new Enterprise Solutions Directorate, may solicit that. But we'll keep it posted. You just contact us, and we'll let you know. If you know what the requirement is, um, contract number, and they're all on our list that's on the website, and that's also on the small website. They're up there, and if you contact us, we'll give you points of contact to talk to regarding when it's going to be coming out and which uh, buying activity will be putting it out for bid. Well, so because you mentioned, I'm going to kind of pull on it a little bit. Um, you mentioned Parks was one that was going to be moving up to Buckley. Are you talking the O&M side or the ANAS side? O&M. Okay. It, the radar is in Cavalier, North Dakota, and that mission itself uh, becomes a ground-based radar mission that will belong to uh, that garrison. Now, did all of the, all of the radars... BMU's Paypaws and Cobra Dane and Eglin, did all those fall under that same gar- new garrison now? Um, I'm not 100% certain on that, Nate, but I believe so. Okay. Well, it's something for us to, to keep an eye on for those of us that have been tracking the radar systems. Um, mm-hmm. I being one of them. Dennis, what do you got? Well, so, Reggie, you talked about um, outreach, and um, you, know, you, you, do, you do a lot of that. Um, I kind of want to just put a plug in for you. Um, if you want to talk with Reggie, uh, typically he attends the PTAC, uh, outreach, government outreach, uh, monthly events. Now, I don't know, Reggie, have they had those in a while now? I think they've, they've stopped it or, or anything. Is anything planned here in the future? Yes. Um, so we just, um, had some correspondence with, uh, Mr. Tom Fuller from the local PTAC and he asked, uh, which of the, local offices um, would be able to attend 
and they're looking at the Catalyst campus. I think it was in the, uh, you guys are more familiar with those rooms down there, but, uh, the Harvey room, uh, one of the rooms that, yeah, I think it was that, um, Nate and, and, uh, we all gave a thumbs up and said, Hey, we're ready. We're ready. We're ready. We've been ready. And we, we can either do it virtually through zoom kind of meeting or we'll go down. So at least it was a thumbs up from myself at Pete, uh, Robert at Shriver, uh, Tony here at Pete with me. And I think, um, Mr. Wolski from, from Air Force Academy and Brian Sasaki from Army Space. Nice. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Look, looking forward to that again, because those, those are, were excellent venues to hear kind of what's coming up. And for the new folks, if you haven't engaged with Reggie or any of the other small business offices, um, as Reggie mentioned, they all attend those meetings. And so there's, there's opportunity. And we, we post those on the, um, smalls calendar. So if you're looking for an event to engage with the small business offices, there's that opportunity. And then they can reach out to you directly, Reggie, correct? Yes. And, and I um, contact, how do they I contact information? Yeah. Our contact information. We have our Peterson has its own website. Just Google, Google Peterson small business and our points to contact information are on our website, it may be on the Smalls website as well, but you'll see um, our phone numbers, our emails, and you'll also see, because I always like to mention this whenever I have a chance to, <laughs> to talk about Peterson, because we're only one of five buying activities at Peterson. Um, so you'll see on our website the small business rep at Hanscom that supports Athletic um, the Air Force's Life Cycle Cost Management Center, the small business specialist, Mr. Will Strozier, that supports SMC, and uh, Brian Sasaki, which is Army Space. And then I support the other two buying activities, which is 21 Cons and ESD, which is the Enterprise Solutions Director. But the points of contact for small business offices that are supporting the various buying activities at Pete are on our website. Okay. Yeah. And, and okay. we pulled that information and, and I'll speak up to say that if, if anybody can't find them there, you can always contact the smalls, um, at smalls, Colorado at the smalls.org or just Nate at the smalls.org. And, and we can get back to you guys with any small business POC. I actually have it in my hands right now with all their contact information. Um, but Reggie, you want uh, before, um, COVID hit, and uh, the world got turned upside down. Um, there was a certain me- me- way you guys wanted companies to to do certain things that you wanted companies to do before you could you would invite them in onto base to have a one on one conversation. And can you walk us through what once the world gets back to normal, what that process is going to be and what it used to be? Yes. So um, prior to COVID, and I even think post COVID, will work through these three steps, this three-step process um, for working with Peterson. And basically what the three steps are, are um, attend an outreach event to learn um, more about what our missions are and what we're buying, uh, a a chance to answer, uh, ask and ask and get answers to questions. So So that all happens at at the PTAC event or an outreach event. Yeah, so so for those of you guys, let's just pause there for a second, Reggie. So for those of you guys listening, um, to find those outreach events, um, typically most of them are put on by PTAC. So you can go to coloradoptac.org, and from there, under their events page, 
there'll be a registration link where you can go attend. They're all free events. Um, and it's usually called G2B, Government to Business Outreach. And uh, that's where you will get to meet Reggie and the rest of his his counterparts in person. That would be step one. So uh, sorry for interrupting. Go ahead, Reggie. No, that's good. And then and step two is that we want we want you to we want to give you some information and we want to get some information from you. The information we want to give you, besides what you'll get at the outreach, is our information that's on our website. It has our like our contract listing. There's a lot of there's some frequently asked questions there. There's the points to contact. So we really want to make that the portal. Everybody kind of start start that. Um, I guess Smalls is is uh, another portal you could go to. Um, step two is is um, we want want you to know what our requirements are, and then we want to know where you think you fit relative to those requirements. So we really want to know your capabilities uh, relative to our requirements, and and so then we're going to ask um, that you provide us with some type of capability statement, uh, line card, or something we can review uh, prior to step three happening, which is a, a meeting. Uh, be it face-to-face or virtual or telecon, where we can kind of talk about uh, matching and where we see you maybe fitting in to our mission areas. And, and I always like to say this, too. Sometimes it may not be uh, as a prime contractor. We may say, you know, based on what you're showing us and the way our contracts are structured, we see you as a um, subcontractor. And even this week, I received a email from a large prime asking for um, small businesses that can do, I think it was a list of about 10 different areas as they put together a proposal for a larger contract. So never discount the opportunity to be a subcontractor, especially if you're just getting started. And by the way, when I said that, when I just said that, Nate, it made me think about your organization and how I probably should connect you to that large prime to see how many of these smalls that you, that are a member of your organization that can support this bid that this large prime is putting in. Yeah. I'll work on getting that over to you. Oh, uh, I love having conversations. <laughs> Never turn one down. So, okay. So uh, it's a, it's a real simple three-step process. I, I like it. Um, straightforward. And I think the reason why you guys do that, right, is is you want to develop that relationship with these companies. It's more about, the way I see it, it's more than just business. Is We need to develop this small business um, economy, essentially, and the whole ecosystem of small business. So that tells me that, that even from your perspective, you want to start to get to know these companies because they might have an idea of going after something, but you might have uh, once you you know develop that relationship, I'm sure you can call these companies up and say, "Hey, Nate, you know, just like you just did just now, right? Hey, I, I know your company yep. does this type of thing. I need to get you some information, right? That's huge, and it's it's more about right. that that relationship building than anything else, I think. No, no, you're exactly right. And those uh, one one other thing I like to add about the three step process, it's not necessarily they be necessarily be done in that order, but it's some point i want to want to talk with you i want to understand uh where what your value proposition is what is exactly where you think you bring uh the solution to the problem i want you to make sure you understand um what what information we have to support you 
And then we really want you to be at one of the events where you can not only hear what we're saying, but, but it is another opportunity for you to network um, with other vendors and learn. Um, federal contracting is not super complicated, but it's, it is a learning curve when it comes to our processes and the acronyms and things like that. So these outreach events are a chance for you to, to learn, um, not just about the missions and the technical piece, but how you connect into the larger mission and support the warfighter. And that's really, really, really in the end, um, our ultimate goal as small business advocates are to bring small business capability that can give an advantage to the warfighter. Nice. Well, so I know Dennis is probably sitting there in his car right now, uh, looking at the mountains to the west of him, because I know exactly where he's sitting right now. He's probably looking at his watch thinking, man, Nate just keeps going and going. So with that being said, I'm going to ask you another question. Um, sorry, Dennis. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Um, so you're at the forefront of, of all the contracting officers, you know, sending stuff through your office to say, hey, we need to find a small business for this, and here's what we got coming up. I'm curious, with the onset of CMMC, the Cyber Maturity Model Certification, um, are you starting to see stuff? Have, have you guys had conversations on your end about that, about starting to put those requirements in these upcoming contracts by the end of this year? We haven't had that specific conversation, but on November, uh, September 9th, 9, 10, 11, or 10, 11, we're having our small business uh, training event for the year, small business training workshop, and they're going to be hosting a training session on the CMMI. And it's that, that's the maturity model, right? The cyber maturity model. Yep. So, so we're gonna we're gonna be learning on that, and then I see it very similar to how I saw that NIST requirement, you know. And yep. and, and I think this is kind of just an expansion of that, right? Yeah, NIST eight hundred one seventy one is kind of where you start, and where the government was started with yeah. uh, cybersecurity, and now they're moving to the new cybersecurity maturity model certification. Um, right now, they're currently sitting at version one point zero two. Um, they have not released a final rev of what the certification and, and requirements are going to be. Um, but I know that they said by the end of this year or, or uh, the end of this calendar year, the beginning of the fiscal year next year is when they're going to start putting those requirements in a few of the new uh, contracts coming out. So I was just kind of curious of, um, but it sounds like they're talking to you already about it. You said September 9th, was it that, that you're having a event on that? 9, 10, 11. Yeah. Yeah. A big, uh, all air force, small business people will be attending. A, uh, it's online, but a workshop, and that's one of the courses they're going to be teaching. And then um, I'll also make sure this conversation gets back to our policy department and see where they are on the clause. I think the clauses are already there and where they are on the mandate and which type of contract they'll be going into. Okay, so that's just a call. I'm just going to give a call out to the rest of our listeners out there. I know you guys are all mainly small businesses. So if you don't know what CMMC is yet, um, contact us at the smalls and we'll help you walk through that process. We can even put you in touch with uh, companies that can help you get certified. So um, I just kind of wanted to get that out there because I know that's coming down the pipeline. And with COVID and, and 
you know, people aren't really able to just uh, walk on Peterson Air Force Base and ask these questions anymore. I wanted to get that one question up because I know that's that's on our short term horizon very soon. So, Dennis, there you go. What are the kind of questions you got, bud? You you you, you pegged me correctly. <laughs> I, don't I knew I did. Really. <laughs> Reggie, what kind of questions do you got for us, or do you have any more words of wisdom for us before we uh, kind of wrap things up here? You know, I, I would just like to you know encourage all of the small businesses, that, especially the ones that are new. Um, hey, it takes a little while. Stay with it, and if you have a capability. And, um, you, there's somewhere, there's somewhere you fit. We buy everything. The federal government, not just the DOD is the world's largest buyer of supplies and services. And so I would just say, uh, uh, my bicycle friend used to say, pedal, 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 never give up and, uh, keep asking questions, figure out where you fit. And I hope this uh, these few words I have to say today are beneficial in some kind of way to the smalls that are out there looking to understand uh, what we're doing at Pete and the bigger picture overall. So I appreciate the opportunity to uh, share a few of my thoughts today. I uh, thank you, Nate and Dennis, for the opportunity. Well, and and we thank you tremendously, Reggie. I, you know, uh, we I think we've got a very good working relationship with you, and not only working but a personal relationship too. And and um, I, I truly thank you from the bottom of our heart to come on this show um, kind of get the knowledge out there because you're kind of just like us. You're just trying to help the small company. And, and I love that pedal, 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 never give up. Right. I mean um, for all the small businesses out there that are thinking about giving up because of 2020 um, don't give up. We'll, uh, we'll help you through it. So with that, I'm sure you can contact Reggie, uh, go uh, Google Peterson air force base, small business office. Reggie's information is out there. If you can't find it, Contact us at The Smalls. You can find all of our contact information on thesmalls.org, and uh, we'll get you in touch with the right people, whether it be to talk with Reggie or to get CMMC certified. We're that center point of the entire small business ecosystem. So get in touch with us, and we can make sure we uh, point you in the right direction. So with that, I want to say thanks again. Thank you, Dennis, uh, for calling in on your uh, travels. I know it's never easy to find cell phone service when you're up in the mountains, but I appreciate that too, okay? Yeah, no worries, Nate. Thanks for having me. And uh, Reggie, till next time, uh, I'll uh, let you get back to uh, probably dinner with the wife and family. Okay, sounds good. Thank you guys very much. You have a, a great evening. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. You've reached the end of another episode of The Smalls Podcast. Connect with us at thesmalls.org. Don't forget to sign up to our newsletter to receive our free materials. See you soon at the next episode.